Hey, Kristen here, Shaleen's podcast manager. We love reading all your reviews. I love reading them on air. But what we both, Shaleen and I love, is when you send us your voice messages with your reviews and questions. So please go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ask Shaleen and leave your review or question. And if yours is chosen and played on air, you will be sent a gift personally from Shaleen. So go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ask Shaleen. Now here's today's five-star review. Today's five-star review titled Brief, Bright, Brilliant, Fun by Amy Van Slam. Shaleen's goal to be brief, bright, fun, and then be done also should include being brilliant every time. Today's episode on scarcity and urgency was perfectly timed as they all are. It's like a free marketing MBA. The heartfelt generosity blows me away, and I can only hope to be as generous with my business as they are with theirs. A must-listen, must-learn, must-love. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name's Shaleen Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. How to maximize your productivity when you work from home. For me, if I want to maximize my productivity, I need to work from home. Now, we've had office space for almost two decades, kind of crazy, and we've moved several times when we've bought and sold businesses. At the moment, our headquarters are in Aliso Viejo, California, which is about 20 minutes from where our home is. But if I'm going to be productive, I need to work from home. So step one is to really understand what environment allows you to be most productive, I am not productive when I go to the office, and I also tend to disrupt other people's productivity because I like to entertain. I like to talk. If you've listened to The Shaleen Show, I recently did an episode about being what I like to refer to as an outgoing introvert. I'm introverted, but I'm also very outgoing. I like to be social, but only for limited amounts of time and around the right people. Well, the right people for me is the people I work with. I love all those people. So I enjoy spending time with them and I can be disruptive. Like when I come into the office, I tend to like go, okay, everybody, let's make a TikTok. Hey, did I tell you about what I did this weekend? So what did you do this weekend? And people just can't get their work done. And when it just seems ironic that I need to actually put my head down and work, I have a very difficult time staying focused If I also feel compelled to entertain people or to ask questions or to eavesdrop on other conversations or to poke my nose in where it doesn't belong or to, you know, I just, I can't focus if there's any distractions. So the most productive place for me to work is at home. You may be listening to this episode because you work from home part-time or maybe you go to the office to work at your job, your J-O-B but you work on your business from home, or maybe you exclusively work from home. I want to share with you some tips that are going to help you to be more productive in that environment. The first one is to adopt a working schedule. A schedule gives you 
freedom, it gives you structure, and it makes you more productive, period, end of subject. If that wasn't the case, then school-aged children wouldn't hear an alarm each time there was a subject change. We would just have them go to school for eight hours and just see what they got accomplished. Our brains have a difficult time staying focused on one subject, one idea for long periods of time. Now, I've heard lots of people discuss, you know, what's the right amount of time that you should stay focused on one task? I'm sure you've heard of the Pomodoro technique, which is where you're supposed to just pick one single task and work on it for 25 minutes and then give yourself a five-minute break. Well, that's great, but not everything fits nicely into 25 minutes. And the last thing you want to do is to be in the flow of things and almost done and then force yourself to take a five-minute break. However, I like the general concept of picking a time frame that's based on your attention span physically and mentally. So for me personally, I can't sit in the same spot for more than about 45 or 50 minutes. I also tend to find I can't stay focused on one topic for more than about 45 or 50 minutes. So for me personally, like today, I'm recording podcasts and I have three different podcasts that I've already written the notes for. I've already done the research. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to say. I'm prepared. And if I told myself, okay, Shaleen, let's just sit down and bust out all three of these podcasts in three hours, it wouldn't happen. What would happen is I would get kind of distracted after doing the first one, and then I'd be like, hmm, wonder what's happening on TikTok. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have a few things I need to order on Amazon. And I'd find myself being distracted and going on my phone, and then I would be mad at myself for doing that. Then rather than getting myself back on track, I might go, well, you know what? You should probably do a bunch of things right now. Like you could organize your closet and you could clean up in the kitchen because you made a mess after breakfast. Like I go through all of these things that like, okay, now I should just do this because I'm not following a schedule. If, however, I have a schedule that takes into consideration my mental and physical energy and also my mental and physical need for breaks, then I maximize my productivity time. So today what I've done is I schedule myself about 45 or 50 minutes to complete each podcast. And then I allow myself and I set a timer 10 minutes to go through social media. Now, depending on what I'm going to do. So if I'm replying to comments on social media, I can't do that in 10 minutes. I'll get into it. And for me, just responding to a few comments makes me just want to respond to more. So today, in between podcasts, I gave myself 10 minutes just to see what's going on in TikTok. Like that's a fun platform for me to just get creative ideas. Because there isn't a need to interact with your followers and comments, etc., it's just entertainment. So it kind of like frees my brain. I personally need to walk outside. So that's when I take the dogs on a quick five-minute walk or I go out to the ocean. We're fortunate enough to, in fact, as I'm recording this, I'm looking at giant ocean waves. If you listen really, really quietly, very quietly, you might even be able to hear them. So... We're going to talk about the environment that I'm in in a moment, but this is a supposedly soundproofed podcasting room that I've built in my home that overlooks the ocean. We literally sit on the ocean and I can't even believe it. I don't count my lucky stars. I thank Jesus every day that we are in this situation with so many incredible blessings that like I get to sit here and talk to you and look at his glorious work. This ocean in front of me is beautiful. And that water, just seeing water, keeps me feeling revitalized. 
and energetic. And there's something about being near nature and seeing nature that lifts your spirits and boosts your energy. So on those quick five-minute breaks, a lot of times I will walk outside and I'll do my scrolling, but sitting near the ocean, or again, I'll spend some time with the dogs, but I unplug from work. I kind of give myself a mental break, something that's fun and entertaining, but it gets me recharged. And I also try to do something that's creative, which might be looking at TikToks or it might be looking at YouTube, but I don't continue to work. If you do, then it's not truly a break. You literally have to give your brain permission to daydream, to think, to process in order to recharge itself. If you're just switching to another task for 10 minutes, you might as well not even break. You're not going to be as productive as you will if you schedule in time for a break. But that start time for your break also needs a finish time. Think about recess. Remember, there was a bell that told you it was time to go to recess. And then there was a bell that told your brain, all right, back to work. And that's what I'm doing today. Or And I do most days. So I will record my second podcast. And then I'll take more than a 10 minute break. I'll probably take a 25 minute break to have lunch. While I'm preparing my lunch, I put my phone away. I might listen to music. I like to dance. I might watch something entertaining on my phone, but I don't reply to text messages and I don't reply to social media inquiries because, again, I consider that work. I don't open up Slack. I don't open up Asana. I just make my food. I usually put my phone on airplane mode just so I can truly decompress. I try to eat. Now, this isn't always a possibility, but you know, 80% of the time, I will then eat my lunch in peace. I do this without working. When you're eating and working, you basically halt your digestion. This is why people end up with leaky gut, Crohn's disease, constipation, irregularities, stomach aches, gas, bloating, because your body really does need to focus on using those muscles and staying relaxed when you're eating and being present while you're eating. So if you truly want to be productive, you're making yourself less productive by trying to work and eat at the same time. Once I'm done eating, I'm still like kind of mentally on that break. But now what I'll do is I'll go outside or I will sit someplace where I can actually see the outdoors and I will then return some text messages because, you know, at that point you have to. Like you have to check in and see, all right, what's going on? Keeping everybody else on track, maybe reply to a few Slack messages, create a few Asana tasks. Asana is the management software that we use to keep everybody's tasks organized. I should probably do a whole episode on Asana. Woohoo! Asana is amazing. But let me just, if you're like, okay, yeah, I need that right now, Shalene, let me give a shout out to Dottotech. Dottotech is like my favorite, 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 favorite YouTuber. He's amazing, Steve Dottotech. I met him recently and I fangirled when I met him. He's over 55. I don't know how old he is, but like his YouTube channel is bomb. He just does these really great reviews of all of the things that you would use in business like Dropbox, Google Mail, Asana versus Trello. Like he's so good. I love him. So when I'm trying to decide on a platform or a program or even trying to figure out how to use something, I go and watch his YouTube channels. Anyways, I'm on my lunch break now. I think you probably get the sense of what I'm trying to convey to you is the importance and significance of number one, a schedule. Number two, it's in writing. 
And number three, I'm using my phone and alarms to stick to my schedule. When you work from home, your greatest enemy is you. The thing you have working against you is freedom. And freedom, ironically, is the reason why you work from home. But without a written schedule, you'll lose your freedom. Believe it or not, having that structure gives you more time, gives you more freedom, and it's going to make you feel more confident. You know, those of us who work from home, we tend to be very creative. We tend to be self-starters. We tend to be very driven. We don't usually like someone telling us what to do. And so we can sometimes rebel against those constraints and having systems in place. But there's nothing more important to your productivity than having a written schedule. I write out my schedule the night before in my push journal. I'm a big fan of the Push Journal. If you don't own one, if you've never checked one out, I encourage you to check them out. You can find an example of that. I will put a link in my show notes to my Instagram story. Like I've done a whole series kind of explaining how I use it, how it has been a complete game changer for my productivity, my focus. You guys know that I have extreme attention deficit disorder. So I had to learn coping techniques and strategies to keep myself focused and to get things done. And I had to learn how to do that. I started with a Franklin Covey and I've tried every single type of journal you can possibly imagine before developing my own system, which I used to do on like little scraps of paper and put them in a binder. And then I started sharing that with people and letting people download it for free. And then people were like, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt to print out all these pages. Do you think you could just make this for us? And I did. And I made it like really small, super compact. There's no dates on it. So if you forget a couple of days, it's not like your journal is wasted. Or if you decide not to do it on the weekend, it's not like you've lost those two days of the weekend. Like it's 30 days and that's 30 days that you use it. So it can be a month or maybe you only use 30 days and it takes 45 days for you to keep 30 days of a journal. I didn't mean for this to be an infomercial for the push journal, but I wouldn't be talking to you about it if I didn't believe it would help you to be way more productive. It's not for everybody. Like, If you're one of those people that you need a journal where you can write detailed notes about something that's six months from now, if you need the type of journal where you can keep track of all of your finances and your bills and do little doodles and you like, you know, to color and turn it into a craft project, this ain't for you. This is for people who are like, okay, I'm in, I'm out, I have very little time, just the facts, ma'am, let's go. If that's you, you'll love it. Check out the link below and I hope that you'll enjoy your push journal. But that's the key. Even if you're not using a push journal, you need to use a written calendar and I do not mean on your phone. Putting these things on your phone is completely different from handwriting them. There is a neurological response that we create when we take a pen or a pencil to paper and actually form the letters and write the details of what it is we need to keep track of, whether that's tasks or our schedule. It stores it in our subconscious mind and our subconscious mind begins to work on these things for us. It's very powerful. I used to do this on my phone. It doesn't work, I'm telling you. If it did, I would have created an app you know, apps are great. If we could have done the same thing with a push journal on an app and be as effective, I would have created an app, but it is not as effective as doing it in your own handwriting. That's why I don't care if you use a push journal, but I do want you to use a physical journal, not your phone. Like when phones first came out, I was all excited about doing this on my phone, but it's just not as effective as doing it on paper. So go back old school. 
Next, your environment. If your work area is cluttered, you will never reach maximum productivity. And I repeat, you will never be as productive as you could be if your work environment is cluttered. Therefore, if your goal is to get more productive, you need to go listen to the series I did on The Shalene Show. I will link to that in the show notes right below this episode. You'll see a little link. It was a four-part series I did on The Shalene Show that teaches you why clutter is standing in the way of your biggest goals, your objectives, your emotional connection to people, your happiness, everything. Like clutter is the obstacle that stands in the way of your greatness. So you need to clear out, not just clean your office or clean your workspace, you need to understand how to create a system that allows you to keep that space looking like that. And it's not something I can detail for you in just a few minutes. You need to listen to that series to fully understand how to do this once and not have to do it again every six months. So if that's you, if you're constantly setting aside a weekend to clean out the garage, constantly setting aside like, you know, four days just to get to the place where you can see what your desk looks like. You need a system so that you don't just clutter and then declutter, clutter and then declutter. I want to teach you how to be very organized and how everything needs its place. When everything is in its place, your mind is clear. You've removed all distractions, which improves your ability to focus, which ultimately boosts your productivity. Once your space is organized and clutter-free and everything has its place, the next thing I want you to focus on in order to truly be productive is how does your space make you feel? If you don't feel creative, energized, excited about what you need to do when you walk into your workspace, yo, you need to change that. I don't care how small your budget is. You can improve your workspace in ways that are free. First of all, it's the decluttering and the organization, but it's also the chair that you sit in, the color of the walls. I mean, paint only costs a couple of bucks. You can buy furniture, used furniture on eBay, at the Salvation Army, at the donation centers in your town. Like, just think about what you want that space to look like. Rather than heading out or going online to look for things you need, I first want you to analyze the space that you're working in now and ask yourself if it's the right space. Are you in the right room? Are you in the right area? If at all possible, I hope that you're not working in your bedroom. Now, I know that there are circumstances where that's just unavoidable, but if there's any way to change that, you've got to change that. Your bedroom needs to be a sanctuary. If you're married or in a relationship, that should be this like place where work doesn't happen. It is so unhealthy to have your bedroom, the place where you sleep, the place where you rest, the place where you restore to also be your workspace. Now, again, I know sometimes it's completely unavoidable, but is it really like, couldn't you be someplace else? Like, I don't even care if it's like the corner in the laundry room or if you're to build your own little cubicle in the garage and maybe that means you park in the driveway instead of the garage. Like you need a space that feels exciting awe-inspiring, a place that boosts your mojo, that when you walk into it, you're thinking creatively and you're excited to do the work. Things I want you to consider are your view, the art, color, your chair, lighting, and your tools. If every time you sit down at your laptop, 
It's crashing. It's going so slow. You've got an adapter from like 1995. Dude, like this is your business. You're working from home. You don't have to pay rent every month. You can justify spending the money to upgrade your equipment. If your phone could be sold as a vintage iPhone, you need to up, like you're doing business from your freaking phone. It's ridiculous that you're waiting for your plan to roll over or you think to yourself, oh gosh, I got this computer just four years ago. Yeah, think of it as that's your business, like that's your office space. So invest and always get the latest and the greatest. Always remember to buy the processor that moves the fastest and has the most storage. Don't be cheap about your dream. I'm going to pinch your head off if you are one of those people who's like, yeah, my phone is all cracked and it's been malfunctioning and I can't post to Instagram because I don't have any storage. Upgrade your iCloud storage. Oh, I'm about to get on a soapbox right now. Like legit. In fact, this is my next tip. If you want to increase your productivity, you need tools, the tools that allow you to be productive. Dude, if your phone is constantly crashing, if you don't have any storage, if your desktop or laptop is so old and so slow, even if it's not that old, even like you're thinking to yourself, I didn't get this very long ago, did I? It doesn't matter. If you filled up the storage, if it's crawling, you need a new machine. Time is money. You're costing yourself so much time by restarting and not being able to do certain things. And because the processor takes so long to complete tasks and functions, enough is enough. And I recognize that there may be circumstances where you like legit, it is not in the cards for you to buy anything new right now. Okay. I'm just asking you to take a look at all the things you are spending money on and to ask yourself, how much time which is money, am I losing right now because my operating system and my phone and my desktop and my laptop, all of these things are antiquated because I've needed a new printer for the last five years because my internet is too slow and I'm being cheap about not upgrading $10 to get a faster modem, like whatever it is. Like make sure your business stuff is lightning speed. Don't you dare go buy another pair of shoes or a purse or a watch or I don't know what the boys buy. Brett has no expensive habits. I'm his most expensive habit. But I don't know what it is you spend your money on. I'm just asking you to think about how much more productive you would be with faster, better equipment. And more importantly, how much happier you would be. You're being held back by technology. Like there's nothing more frustrating. Like you just want to pull your hair out when your computer's crashing and this doesn't work and that doesn't work. Like enough already. Listen, if it takes a long time for your computer to start up or shut down, if you can't toggle back and forth between tasks, if it's crashing, if you don't have the latest version of an operating system, if it is slowing you down, if you can't download certain programs because you don't have enough hard drive space, if you're running out of space, all of these are obvious signs that it's time for you to upgrade. And here's the deal. Technology upgrades pay for themselves very quickly by improving your productivity and allowing the people that you work with to be more productive as well. I hope that you'll take some of these tips and put them into action. Take a screenshot of this episode and let me know. I mean, like, keep yourself accountable. Like, let me know which of these things you're going to start doing immediately, whether that's, you know, upgrading your phone or thinking about the environment where you're working, like whatever it is, 
keep yourself accountable by sending me a screenshot. Tag myself and tag Brock11Johnson. I'm at Shaleen Johnson. And let us know how you're going to improve your productivity by following through on one of these tips. Because at the end of the day, we don't want you to work harder. We want you to work smarter. And sometimes that means slowing down to get these things right and setting up these systems so that you can speed up. Working smarter, not harder. All right. Thanks so much for listening. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. And we're done. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to pushjournal.com.